Hi everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Business Owners Podcast. Uh, my name's Gary, I am the Creative Director of Capital Content and today's host for this episode. I am joined by Andy from Weekly 10. Hi Andy. Hi Gary, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you mate. Uh, so Andy, you are the, are you founder, CEO, founder and CEO? Yeah, founder, CEO, um, all of the above. Washer. Yeah, <laughs> bit, of, bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah of Weekly Ten. Um, so tell me who, what, why, where, when uh, are Weekly Ten? Yeah, so so Weekly Ten, very very simple in in its concept. So Weekly Ten is all about ten minutes every week for employees to reflect, um, to align themselves to the organisation, and to feedback. Um, through to their managers and, and weekly 10 is really about fostering the culture of engagement and feedback in the workplace um, it's really driven by the fact that most employees want feedback to develop um, but most managers don't feel they have the tool set to provide effective feedback in the workplace um, and it very much spins out from that um, into um, increasing engagement within workplaces and also to um, to also uh, bleed into performance uh, and that side of things. So Weekly 10 is um, uh, at its core is a software platform. So uh, the check-in is facilitated through a software platform that's done on a, on a weekly basis. Um, it's available on Microsoft Teams and Slack and all the places where people work these days, whether in the office or, or remote. Uh, and it's about building building that culture. And in, in most of our clients, it replaces their traditional feedback surveys or engagement surveys, but it also replaces their traditional performance reviews. So if you think about the dreaded annual review, yeah. um, for most of our clients, that's no longer. It's replaced by a light touch check-in, which also includes the ability to feedback on uh, on performance as well. So so yeah, that, that's weekly 10. And... It- you know, how, how did this come about? Like, did you see a niche in the market? Did you work for somebody else and go, hey, the, the conversations are not being facilitated better or, 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 or I can improve this process? You know, obviously, this is a really good thing. This isn't necessarily like a tech business. The, the, you, you're facilitating better conversations between employee and line manager, right? So and therefore, that is better well-being, better mental health and better performance from, a, from an employee, you know? So h- how did all that come about? Did you, did you have a bad manager? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I was a bad manager. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. But my, uh, my, um, uh, yeah, it, it did come back. It did come from a from a need. Um, so, you know, thinking back, my, my career, I, I started as um, a software developer in the city of London. Actually, so I was working working for an investment bank in, in London. Um, kind of worked up, worked my way up to to kind of uh, management level on the software side, and then I also worked with um, a few other few other companies. I worked at Deutsche Bank, the Hub Group, which is a relatively large organization these days, and also uh, an American telecommunications company. In all of those companies and in a management position, I saw the same processes being pushed from HR. It was an engagement survey that completely bypassed me as a, as a manager and as a middle manager within these organizations. And it also um, they also presented me with their the, the, the annual review and, 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 and that was seen as the way of providing feedback to, um, to, to employees. And those processes were just tick box exercises for, for everybody in the organization. I considered myself as being quite a proactive manager and um, I, I was fortunate enough to be put on you know, a number of leadership courses and you know, they'll, they prioritize who goes on the leadership courses. But 
obviously you come back and you try and put those things into practice it's all right going on a training course but implementing that when you come back to the yeah. real world is uh you know it's completely different completely different scenario so um for me i i you know I, i'd like to think that uh, you know the one-to-one -one that i had with my employees was an immovable meeting but you know business as usual got in the way and things just getting the way so what i actually did in in my last kind of major career role before i started before i started weekly 10 i had a team a global team actually of 50 50 engineers software engineers and and, and product managers and that's quite a um, large and, team right and and to manage well, that with those conversations you know even uh, if you did one every day you know you're not going to squeeze that in in a month sadly no exactly exactly and one of the big challenges was that it's a multi uh, multi-level team as well so i had um i had manager managers reporting to me so right. obviously my visibility of that next level was always could, could be could be a challenge so what i actually did is rather than just always rely on that face-to-face -face meeting and I, I carried on having those those one-to-ones but what i did is i set up a reminder in the calendars of all my direct reports on a weekly basis and it had four questions it said what's gone well this week what hasn't gone well where do you need support and who's done a great job within the wider team and it was great for a number of reasons first of all it provided me with this visibility both when i was in the office or if i came back from holiday i had a really nice couple of weeks worth of updates that got me right up to speed and you know things hadn't been missed because they've been picked up the week that i was away and i got that visibility the second thing is it gave it gave employees a, a voice because again if they couldn't get hold of me or you know they were waiting for the next one to one to speak to me they could just put these things down and it was a time for them to reflect so it was actually really popular and i and i thought you know there's something there's something in this and what i'm doing here is i'm actually filling the gaps of what's being provided by the organization um and there wasn't really anything out there that was that was doing it so always had a bit of a side hustle going um so much the delight of my of my wife i kind of coded away <laughs> um, you know, in the evenings and on weekends. And um, I actually put together a bit of a, uh, you know, an MVP, a, a minimum viable product to, uh, to see, you know, what it, what it was like. And initially I thought, well, maybe I'll use this internally. And then I thought, actually, no, why don't I test, test the market? So I just put it out there, got a bit of interest. And, you know, over, over I guess, maybe six months, it got to the stage where I thought, you know, there is, there's definitely something in this. Yeah. Um, and I could see a couple of things on the market at that point that, or, or very early days, things on the market that looked like they might be doing something similar. So I thought, right, you're either in or you're out. And then I, I made the jump. Started yeah. weekly ten, and, and that was it. And, and do you know what? I, like, I'm a big thing about names of businesses, right? It's like you, you know, I mentioned in other episodes where the best bit about starting a band is coming up with a name, right? Mm -hmm. And what I love about weekly ten is that it's almost become like a Googleism or whatever the phrase is. You know, you don't necessarily you don't Google stuff, right? You you search it on a web on a web page yeah, in a search exactly. engine, but you call it a Google. You, you know, you Google it. Yeah. Whereas this obviously is going to become you know oh, it's part of my weekly 10 or i'm doing my weekly 10 today and and it's that phrase that becomes ingrained in the business mm -hmm. that is that product and becomes super sticky as a business right um so uh, you know obviously uh for people that are brand new listeners the business owners podcast uh business owners club sorry is a kind of a knowledge share around helping people get from 
unemployed to self-employed. Right? Post-COVID era, many people unemployed. Uh, and I, th- I want to help, I want to foster the, the, the industry around starting up their own businesses. People love this side hustle phrase and, you know, or, or just putting their passion and turning it into pound signs kind of thing, right? Uh, and, and I think you, you mentioned, we touched on it earlier. What I want to do is kind of just cover off a specific challenge that you had to overcome. So other business owners or prospective business owners don't have that issue or can address that issue before it happens. And I think the key one is around actually starting the business, you know, mm-hmm. that put, you know, put your, your, your conf- the confidence on the table and go, right, this is it. I am about to hand in my notice because I remember handing in my notice to my last job uh, before I started capital content. And it is that, that, that first day of your four week notice is, you know, super scary. You know, you're sweating, you have sweaty palms as you're walking up to HR and dropping off that letter of notice. But yeah. then that 30th day, that last day of the fourth week, as you walk out the doors, that it, it's like, it, it's sunny, it's shining on you. You hear this, ah, in the background. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's like you're having a moment, you have a moment to yourself, right? So, but there's that there's that point where you change and you go yes I'm going to give up my job, and I'm going to start my own business. How was that for you? Um, pretty pretty much like that. Apart from you know I'm in North Wales, so it wasn't sunny <laughs> when, I came, when I came out of the building. Um, but um, yeah, it was that was, for me that was the the big challenge because I've always been I'd say um, entrepreneurial and mm-hmm. always ambitious. And there's a bit, you know, I've always thought, yeah, I'd love to run a business in some way, shape or form. And I think in some points in my life, I thought, well, maybe it's more about growing in a business and then, you know, being able to influence that business in, in a way which which brings that strategic entrepreneurial side of me out. And, and you know, I think for a number of years, that's the direction I was going. The, the thing is there, it is, it is more difficult to, to obviously kind of put your stamp on things um in in certain ways and in the ways in which you you kind of want to develop a business so for me making that jump was you know was a was a massive decision I was in a good a good role you know I wasn't at risk of you know uh you know redundancy or anything like that I was very much kind of comfortable in that role maybe too comfortable maybe maybe you know I needed the challenge I needed a bigger you know a bigger challenge um, so it was that was that's a big a big challenge because you know I've got a family, a mortgage to pay, everything else. It's not that I can just you know throw a wedge of money into a business and, yeah, and see it, how it, it goes. There's a lot of risk, right? And I think exactly you, you need to you need to be the deciding factor rather exactly. than I don't like my job. I'm not getting paid that much. There's no progress in my career. Don't let those factors make you start a business. You be in control of that, right? 100%. I think you have to start a business for the right reasons. And I think it's not not for everybody. Um, I work, you know, ridiculous, ridiculous hours. Um, Now, you mean? What's that? Sorry. Now you mean you're like now. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Now, uh, yeah. Then they said, "Oh, you just... know, I'll start my own business. I, I, I have loads of time to hang out with family, mate. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got a family. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's you know, it's not for most people. It's not. A, you obviously can get lifestyle businesses, and you can you can build things that way. Weekly test definitely not. You know, definitely not a lifestyle business from when, you know, from when it started. Definitely a passion, but 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 I wouldn't necessarily call it a lifestyle business. Um, but it was it was very much a um yeah it has to be you know it was for the right reasons 
and I, I it was all about planning it really so you know I, I had a long time to think about it you know it would have been um you know it was six it was well over six months that I was pondering that I was like you know is it the right time I lined everything up the stars seemed to align at the right time got signed off by the by the wife so it was <laughs> the it was CFO fine. <laughs> and then and then um and that was it yeah but that was very very uh nervous time and and you know it's kind of you, you've really got to go into it 100 percent yeah it's no it's it, for me it was no good kind of jumping shit from from my career and then just kind of seeing how it went i had to make it work absolutely i think it's really important because the number of things over that first year let's say where i thought it's not going to work this isn't going to happen blah 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 but then you just have to you have to be you know you have to stay with it you have to give it long enough obviously sometimes yeah it's not going to work out and there's a lot of businesses that fail we know that but you will have so you'll have a lot more um negatives and positives certainly during that first period absolutely just you've just got to learn from them yeah and i think it's okay to fail it's okay for that initial idea to fail like i had uh worldwidecanvas.com where i got photographers to post their photos on a digital Mm. wall and then people could buy then canvas off the back of that and then i had a a removal man business and a recording studio but they all failed right uh, yeah. so I'm on like number four but it's, it's okay it's, it's okay to fail and that's I think the, that's the same with lots of famous entrepreneurs that, that often start and their first businesses fail and yeah. they actually you know it is the third or fourth one ideally when you fail on those early ones the impact is low so you yes <laughs> in terms of in terms of the fact that you maybe and that's why side hustles are good in a way because you can test ideas out yeah and you can iterate and you can maybe try a minimum viable product and then when you get a level of confidence then then you can make that decision yeah you either go uh, low risk or maximum effort you yes know? and i think uh it's taken me five years to be an overnight success got a great idea for a podcast you've recorded it on your phone or you've used our podcast creator pack but now you want it on spotify for everyone to listen to right well for 199 pounds vidpix will make it happen use our basics guide to get started then record up to four episodes using your phone upload to us and we'll do the rest we'll add a professional jingle make sure it sounds great throughout add custom artwork and send back a link to listen on spotify so what are you waiting for make it happen What I we need to you know slowly wrap up here, but you know I think one of the things that I had an issue with, and you probably have the same, is that you know I would assume you've grown, right? Uh, When when did Weekly Ten start? So 2018 is when we kind of kick things off. Cool, Um, cut you. So one year great business, one year COVID. Thanks very much, COVID. Um, And I would assume obviously you've grown from the the single person that you are. how was that because i know like we've grown from when we first started not as much as i would have liked yeah uh, but yeah the, the the growing pains are are an issue for businesses yeah 100 percent. and i think that there's two there's two aspects to it really isn't there that one aspect that i found difficult was that and this is diff, different for different people but i started weekly 10 on, on my own initially i did bring in a, a co-founder who was somebody i'd worked with for a number of years really as a sounding board and somebody who could 
you know, share the journey, I guess, and share a bit of the burden. Um, but fundamentally, I developed the original platform and I was the, you know, I was also the business guy. So everything was kind of mine. And I've, I've, the difficulty with growing is handing over the reins, so trusting other people to, to do stuff for you and also trusting the fact that, yes, they might do things slightly differently than you. That's okay, right? That's okay. Absolutely. You know, you do not want clones of yourself. Yeah, you don't um, want to be the smartest person in the room, eh? You, you want to employ... Uh, 100%. Yeah, you want to employ people that are better than what you are. And thankfully, no no longer... no long, That's no longer the case. And I've got a great, a great, great team, great team around me. But the... But that is difficult. And I think getting used to that and doing that, the, the flip side of that is hiring the right people. And I have had to make difficult choices about some of the people that we that we uh, brought on early days in terms of, you know, um, most of the people that have joined us are, are still with us. But, you know, there are a couple of instances where um, where, you know, maybe we've not brought people people in um, because they don't quite fit the culture. And the big thing I always think, even at the stage we're at now, where we're up to about 10, 10 employees within the organization, is that actually, you know, those first few hires are absolutely critical, not just from a, a skill perspective, but from a culture perspective. Because, you know, if you bring in a couple of people, they're 30, you know, they're 33.3% of the, of the culture of the organization. So, it, you know, compared to if you're bringing somebody in when you've got a few hundred. So absolutely critical to hire the right people. And also, you know, you can't shy away from those difficult decisions when you when you need to make them. Um, but yeah, that's the growing pain side of things, you know, in terms of hiring is key. But, you know, the only way you're going to be successful is by by bringing in the right people and, um, and you know, and, and getting, getting support. Really. Yeah. And, and they're good problems to have. Like, Imagine mm. having a problem that you, you're hiring the wrong people. You're hiring people. For one thing, right? That's great. And I think you're right. It's about being in control as well and letting go. One of the reasons I started a business is that I like to be in control. I'm a control freak, you know, I, yeah. and it's very difficult to bring on a few other people and they do things differently to you or you go, mm -hmm. or, or, you know, I bought the equipment and other people are pressing buttons. I'm like, no, that, that was me just pressing the buttons. Now I'm letting someone else touch it. Like, it's like someone else driving your car kind of thing, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a scary time. So final question for you. Um, yeah. Why? Why did you start, or why should people start a business? You know, you're right, they can be comfortable right now. They, they might be might have a job already, totally okay, eight years old, bang, retire, kick the bucket, whatever. Uh, why should someone start a business rather than work for somebody? I think, um, I think we touched on it earlier about kind of, it need, you know, you need to be doing it for the right reasons. And, you know... Again, it kind of, you know, your, your approach there in terms of, you know, you go, you work really hard <laughs> and make it work because I think you can make any business work fundamentally, um, but it, need, it does need to be for the right reasons to, you know, for, for everything to be aligned, timing, product, everything else. I think from my perspective, um, you know, the reason I started a business was really because I've always, always had that I mentioned before, that entrepreneurial kind of approach to, to kind of everything I've done. And I've always been really interested in, in that strategic side of things and how you can make changes that have impact within, within the business. And that, that was really interesting to me. So, you know, from my perspective, I always wanted to, wanted to do that. Um, but, but the other side really is to, you know, to actually make a difference. Maybe it might sound a bit, you know, I don't know, 
<laughs> yeah, inspirational. Know. Yeah, exactly. And may, maybe that's just, you know, it's not the word, but I think making something that improves some element of life for people is fundamental. So, you know, the biggest thing that I enjoy, the mo- best thing I enjoy about, about you know, work week 10 really is seeing the impact it has on clients and on engagement within the workplace and, and how it makes a difference compared to what they used to do. And to think that, you know, we're, we're making that in inverted commas um, uh, through, through our software is, uh, you know, is, is really rewarding. So from my perspective, yeah, I definitely say, you know, if you've got that, why people should do it has to be because, you know, you do have a passion for something, you know, you, you feel as though you want to make a difference in a certain, typically in a specific area. But I'd also say that you're also interested in, in that, that business element of running running the business. Obviously, there's different ways of doing it, right? You can bring somebody in to do certain things, but fundamentally, early days, it's going to be you. So you do need to maybe not enjoy it, but you need to be, have a passion about about building something, building a business. Um, you know, from that perspective. So I'd say if you you know if you've got if you match those two criteria, then I'd 100% encourage somebody to to explore it and, and look at you know, look at the opportunities that are out there. And, and you know, the, one of the best things I've done is really look at that iterative development of, of the product and of the platform. And there is a great, there's actually a great book, I'm sure you've heard of it before, The Lean Startup, yeah. um, Eric Eric Rice, yeah. um, which, which really for me was a great book in the early days. So it really gave me a framework to think about, uh, about how, how the startup could, could, could work. Um, and I think that's a really good place to start is to, to see what other people have done and, and read experience because uh, books, the, you know, the best books are ones that tell you how somebody did it. It doesn't mean you have to do it that way, but it tells you how somebody else did it from their experience. And I think you can learn a lot from that. So, so yeah, um, it's well worth, you know, exploring, exploring those avenues. Andy, it's been great speaking to you. How do people find out more about Weekly 10? Yeah, so you'll... So find us online so weekly10.com you'll, you'll find us there you'll also see uh, we've got quite a few tools uh, there as well so even if people aren't you know utilizing weekly 10 we 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 publish quite a lot of content in terms of uh from our from our people science team and and, and from our from our hr professionals as well so yeah weekly10.com um you'll you'll find more about more about weekly 10 amazing Andy, thank you very much for your time. Listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, Catch the next episode next week on the businessownersclub.co. Catch you later. Peace.